You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Tim, tell them your Twitter handle, my man. At Packers MKE to Green Bay, GRB, you know, like the, the airport designations. Bingo, there <laughs> so you go. Not, not super <laughs> complex. I'm a Milwaukee kid living in Green Bay now, so pretty simple. <laughs> And and I say that I wanted you to read it on you know over the air here so people can go follow you on Twitter. We need to get his uh, follower count up. He didn't tell me to do this, by the way, Tim. You can pay me later, but uh, <laughs> as if you care about social media. But obviously, man, we want people to stay connected. So just wanted to get that out there uh, for Twitter purposes, X, whatever you want to call it. I don't you call it bunk bed. Oh yeah, we still call it Twitter. Yeah, I love it. I'm a boomer, I guess. Right, and, and it's nothing political about it. You know, it's uh, you know, matter of fact, I kind of like what they've done with Twitter, but. Uh, I still call it Twitter because I'm too lazy to learn how to say X. So there you go. Uh, Eric Sutherland said, damn, Tim twice today. Look at that. All right. Yeah, I know it, man. We got him in the house here. So excited about that. How was your day, dude? What did you did you get to catch up on anything, Packers? I know there's not a whole lot of news. I know I've been I've been diving into the vault, man. I've been going down these rabbit holes on YouTube, watching old videos and stuff. But what did you get into today, man? I uh, just did a little bit of reading today. A little bit of stuff around the house. Um, I was kind of off of the uh, Twitterverse, so uh, <laughs> no, not really, uh, not really plugged in on on to the latest if there is anything. Um, we didn't hear about a uh, Keyshawn Nixon uh, deal, did we? Did I miss <laughs> Nothing it? Yeah, <laughs> Nothing okay. yet. We briefly talked about it this morning. That uh, you know, obviously, the, you're looking at the deadline being somewhere around the 19th would be my my guess, you know, um, before the 19th, hopefully, but they don't come screeching down to the wire. I definitely want him back as a return guy, man. There's no doubt about that. So um, let's kind of kick it off with a little Lombardi video. You want to do that, Tim? Old school Vince Lombardi video? Is this where we're talking? Uh, are we talking technique here? This is uh, X's and O's. Uh, we were going to do this this morning, right? Right. Correct. Correct. Okay. So and, and we're not going to go crazy in depth. I just came across this really cool video and it's Vince Lombardi describing what he referred to as doodad bar blocking. Okay. And if you'll notice what he's really describing is somewhat of a zone blocking scheme. 
you can go all the way back to him coaching with the New York Giants, and he started to try to implement a blocking scheme that didn't say, hey, you block this guy, you block that guy. It was more, let's block to an area. And whatever the defense does, let's let them wash themselves out of the play and let's keep blocking to an area. And they said that his players with the Giants did not embrace it at all. Finally, he got a few people like Frank Gifford and some of the, the big-name uh, offensive stars there uh, on the uh, on the New York Giants to kind of buy in. And once they adopted that mentality of the doodad block and other kind of zone-blocking type scheme, which he the, – the sweep is essentially th- that right there. It's not, hey, when we run this sweep play, you go block this guy. It all depends on how the defense reacts, and then you keep moving to an area, and you're trying to create that, that running lane, right? He took that from an old Pittsburgh Steelers single wing play, if I remember correctly. But check this old grainy footage out. I apologize if it comes in a little hot. I'll try to adjust the volume as quickly as I can. This is what Coach Lombardi referred to as doodad blocking. And check out this footage. It's absolutely awesome. In illustrating the doodad or the area block, as it sometimes is called. Already said area block. What's that mean? Zone block, right? Yep. There you go. We will talk about just the offensive center, the offensive left guard in this case, the offensive tackle, and the halfback. The guard and the center do dead or area block the defensive tackle and the middle linebacker. As I mentioned before, it is used against stunting lines or lines who stack one man behind the other. In this case, with the defensive tackle with an inside charge and the middle linebacker who is key in the fullback and has outside responsibility and will move immediately to this hole, making it impossible for the center to cut him down because of his key. We will use doodad blocking. The center is the lead blocker, the apex. He will lead step, the same technique as the down block, for the crotch of the defensive tackle. The offensive guard, using the same technique as he does in the drive block, will aim for a point which is the outside hip of the defensive tackle. If the defensive tackle has an inside charge, the guard immediately releases, picking the middle linebacker who would be moving with the key of the fullback. The center, since the guard is moving into him, would pick him off. If the defensive tackle had an outside charge, which means that the middle linebacker would have first responsibility to the inside, he still has the key of the fullback, that is true, but his fact that he has inside responsibility would hold him long enough so that the center could recover and pick him. The worst that could happen with an outside charge and inside responsibility, if the center could not recover, and he cannot always recover, is to have a double team on the defensive tackle. Driving this man back, the one man back, cutting off the pursuit of the middle linebacker. Observe now that the defensive tackle in white will take an inside charge. As he does, the offensive guard driving out goes past him and picks up the middle linebacker. The center picks up the defensive tackle. From another angle, you'll see the same thing. I love it, Tim. I can't get enough of it, dude. And, and you notice that that image there. It's, it's really bright. It's kind of hard to see. That's Lambeau Field. 
Yep. That's before Lambeau Field was obviously all built up, right? I mean, despite the fact that this was all recorded on a toaster, I mean, you, you can still <laughs> learn. You still learn so much, and just you know, even with the the crummy audio and video, I mean, Lombardi's ability to disseminate information is just incredible. <sighs> and you're and you know, it's one thing to be able to um, you know put information out there. It's another thing to, to present it in a way that your, your players or your students are going to retain it and understand it. And that's what you get with coach Lombardi right there. That's phenomenal. Yeah, definitely, man. Ty Fisher in the chat said Madden used to talk about sitting in a coaching lecture given by Lombardi about the same blocking scheme. Um, he, he spoke, they said he spoke on the Lombardi suite, the Packer suite for like, I can't remember. It was like three or four hours. It was, it was hours, multiple mm-hmm. hours. He said, you know, I went in there and I was like, it was like I was at church. I was sitting in the back row, like I know everything that's going on. This and that. He said, he broke down that play for hours. He said, I couldn't, I couldn't spend more than five minutes on a play. And he said, I realized I'm a phony. I don't know anything. I don't know Jack. And uh obviously Lombardi was his idol. And how cool is it that the last game that Lombardi coached for the Green Bay Packers, if I remember correctly, um, he coached against John Madden and the Raiders. Um, and he was an assistant at the time. I can't remember what game it was, if it was a Super Bowl or what. I'm trying to think here. They played in Super Bowl one, it was Kansas City, right? Am I thinking yep. right? Yep. Super Bowl two was was uh the Raiders, right? Am I thinking right? I believe so, yep. So that's the that's the game that he was referring to. And uh how cool is it that he and he says in, in his a football life, John Madden, he says, I looked across the sideline and I seen Vince Lombardi and I said, I'm coaching against Vince Lombardi. I'm coaching. <laughs> How cool is that, man? That just reached the, the pinnacle. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Fidel in the chat says, I noticed the crab blocking by the center. Yep, absolutely. Really cool stuff, man. I, I don't know. I just love the old tapes. And, and the, the 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 more crackly, the better for me, Tim. I love just yeah. that old school feel, right? And, and I wanted to point that out because to the best of my knowledge, Lombardi was the one who created the zone blocking scheme. It was made famous in modern football by Alex Gibbs, who was Mm -hmm. with Washington at the time, if I remember correctly. And then, of course, Mike Shanahan, Kyle's dad, gets the job in Denver, and he decides let's marry up Bill Walsh's West Coast offense with Alex Gibbs' zone blocking scheme and then run boot action off of that with Elway and Elway with his strong arm and obviously his athleticism. And that's the birth of really the offense that's in Green Bay today and just kind of shows you. I was going to put a bunch of videos together today um, with the coaching trees. I don't know if you ever looked at Andy Reid's coaching tree. My God. And, you know, Andy Reid obviously comes from Mike Holmgren. Mike yep. Holmgren comes from Bill Walsh. Um, that's kind of how everything got got cranked up there. Um, another one, too, is, you know, like if, if you fast forward back to what we were talking about, with Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan actually took over as OC for George Seifert. And George Seifert, of course, was the head coach taking over for Bill Walsh because Bill Walsh stepped down and went to the front office, you know, primarily because I think he had kind of gotten a little bit of a little bit of word, a little bit of tip that he was sick. And obviously Bill Walsh was uh, had passed away not too long after that, really. But uh, nonetheless, George Seifert was a defensive coach. So he brought in Mike Shanahan to run that system because I think Mike Shanahan was within the 49ers, if I remember correctly. He left and came back, if I remember right. And then, of course, he gets the head coaching job in Denver. He hires Greg Kubiak. Greg Kubiak, obviously, 
uh, goes on to be the head coach for the Houston Texans for a short stint while he was in Houston on that staff. He hired Mike's son, Kyle, to mm-hmm. run the same system. And then, of course, Kyle goes from Houston to Washington, and that's where Matt LaFleur was. Sean McVay was the tight ends coach, on and on and on. It's just a yeah. – I, I could talk and about then Him and LaFleur went to Atlanta, and then yeah. we go you know, on and on. We go up until, you know, yesterday. <laughs> and it's really cool because you can go back and look at some of the old footage. Think about this. On that Denver Bronco team, and I know we hate them, and rightfully so, because, you know, the Super Bowl that the Packers lost, right? Um, On that team, Mike Shanahan was the head coach, right? His son Kyle was a ball boy, and one of his best friends that was a ball boy as well was Mike McDaniel, who is now the head coach for Miami. So Kyle ended up giving him a job multiple times, right? So that's how they got connected. Also on that team, think about this. Great wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, Eddie McCaffrey. So his son, Christian McCaffrey, right, would kind of come on the scene probably much younger than Kyle uh, Kyle Shanahan and those boys. Just cool to see how all those families kind of tie together, right? It's, it's really yep. neat, man. So I love that stuff. I could talk about it, like I said, all night long, man. Um, yeah, agree. Fidel says that zone blocking scheme killed us because we had kind of an aggressive defense, right? Uh, we being the Packers in 98. And that's the whole idea of the zone blocking scheme is get the defense flowing in that direction with an outside zone look and then cut back off it. Nobody was better at that than Terrell Davis. I mean, he was just yeah. phenomenal, no wasted motion. Think of the Aaron Jones long run on the toss crack play um, against the 49ers that went for whatever it was, 53 yards. Same same idea, right? Get that defense flowing one direction, then cut it back across the grain. Um, love the pin and pull stuff. Uh, when when the obviously when the line can can run it, you know, and it took yeah. took a whole half of the season to kind of get them in, in a position to be able to do that for sure. So um, yeah, like I said, just really cool stuff there. Uh, all right, let's do this. I got some other videos queued up here too. I want to show you, Tim. Um, anything see, else? Stuff down here. Yeah, we got all kinds of not, man. Yeah. I told you, I've been I've been digging digging through and finding all kinds of good stuff. Um, is there anything else you want to hit on as far as Lombardi or zone blocking there? Anything else you got? No, just the the caveat that it's it's cool that Lombardi basically invented it without realizing it at the right. time. You know, just to see that you know, I mean, you're basically seeing the foundation of the zone blocking scheme, and I just think it's cool to see, you know, where where it came from as opposed to what we're seeing now, which is where it is and where it's going. Um, it's just really cool just to see that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Even even if you got grainy film from back in the day, you can still see it. Absolutely. And it's what we always talk about, and it's a boring – it's kind of a boring stance or argument or a conversation piece, but the league is very, very cyclical. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen them in that pro set, right? Lombardi ran his sweep out of the pro set. Well, you're seeing a little bit of that with Shanahan and these guys. They're running kind of the condensed sets, right? And you'll see occasionally they'll have like a sidecar, then all of a sudden someone will motion in, and it won't be quite orbit motion, but they'll motion into the backfield, and bang, you yep. basically got a pro set. A double sidecar is is essentially a pro set out of shotgun is really what it is. So uh, it's just cool to see everything – come and go and, and wrap back around. Fidel in the chat says their O-line was light and agile and just chopped us down. A lot of cut blocking going on on that Denver Broncos team too. I know there was many defensive players that did not like that, specifically the big boys up front. Um, SDM40 in the chat says that Denver Super Bowl still pisses me off. <laughs> All the internal stories about the assistant coaches begging Holmgren to run the ball 
but he wanted to showcase his passing game, et cetera, et cetera. Man, like I said, I wasn't a fan at the time. I don't pretend to be. I don't claim that Super Bowl because I didn't sit through the hard times with everybody, you know. I became a fan right around 2003 is when I said, you know what, I need an NFL team to root for. My brother was always a Steelers fan, so um, I loved college football and then started digging into the the history of the of the Packers and just got hooked. But uh, it's, it's funny to hear your all's take on kind of what it was like to be a fan at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, really, really neat stuff there. Uh, let's see. Greg Rice said, uh, "This is this is a big subject, but can you go into the four three defense in depth? I understand the basics, but I would like to know the differences in the personnel, player position names, assignments. That's the thing, Greg. When it comes to defense, there's not. It's it's very simplistic. It's very simple. Like when you talk about the difference between a four three and a three four, and I wish I had a, a, a telestration to show you. Here. I don't have that keyed up." It's real simple. When you're when they show 12 or 21 personnel, the majority of the time you're going to be playing base. In a 34 defense, you've got three down linemen and four linebackers. And the goal is to get three 300-plus pound defensive linemen in modern day, you know, back when John Madden actually invented the 34 defense with the Raiders. Obviously, back then they didn't have 300-pounders. But, you know, as time went on, the players kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, especially on the defensive front. But the goal with the 34 is you want three linemen that are that are ideally 300 plus pounds. I feel like the cutoff is right around 285. If someone's 285 or above, you can play it. The closer you are to 300, the better. Your nose tackle, you want them to be 300 to 330 pounds if possible if they've got the frame to carry it. And the goal is to control two gaps up front. Now, what we like to do last year, we tried to simplify it. And this is what LaFleur was talking about when he kind of scoffed at the media. And the fans were so pissed off at Joe Barry, their response was Matt LaFleur is just covering for his buddy. He's just covering for his buddy. And, and I was sitting here going, he's telling the tra- he's telling you exactly what's going on. When they're in one, when they're in one back, they be in the offense, you go to a one gap assignment and stop in the run, right? You're not, you're not controlling two gaps. If you're two back, sometimes you go to two gap. But what they did with this 34, some 34s play off. You get the three down linemen, and then the, the outside linebackers are like a yard, a yard and a half off. We went with 34 jam, which is essentially five defenders on the line of scrimmage with three defensive linemen covering up the guards. And what that means is you're forcing isolation blocks, right tackle on wide nine, right wide nine technique, right guard on your five tech, five to four tech and your defensive end, center on the nose, left guard, wide four to five with the, uh, or I'm sorry, a four eye to a three tech um, on the, right in from the defensive perspective, left in from the offensive perspective, and then another wide nine isolated on the tackle. The whole goal there from LaFleur was real simple. Let's create a one-gap pressure against the run game. The problem was the players just didn't execute. They got beat. They got beat on the ground. It's it's really that simple. People don't want to hear that because we always want to fall guy. We always want to – he's the problem. That's the only thing that's wrong with the roster. We get rid of him. It fixes the problem. That's why I was so vocal all year. Like, I think we could do better at D.C. I do. But when I watch the tape, I don't find myself going, man, what a crappy scheme. You've seen guys missing tackles. They were in position to make tackles, and they just couldn't get the job done. Um, So, now, that still warrants a change, right, because you're not getting the job done. Either that or you don't have the right players on the field. So, to answer your question, 34, three 300-plus pounders ideally playing inside the the from the guard to the uh, – to the center, essentially, and you're creating isolation blocks in that regard. Now, 
we're a nickel the majority of the time. When you're talking about building the roster, that means you've got to carry one extra 300-plus-pound defensive lineman. But in a 4-3, you're building, in my, in my opinion, a quicker roster and a little bit better special teams roster. And what I mean by that is you're going from three down linemen and four linebackers, but the outside linebackers are essentially defensive ends. That's what LaFleur said to the media and smacked them across the keister a couple times and said, you do know that our outside linebackers are actually edge defenders, right? Like they're defensive ends. If we switch to a 4-3 today, all of our outside linebackers would be defensive ends. That's what he was trying to say. But again, he was just covering for Barry. It's hard not to mention that. It just drives me crazy. So now when you're in a 4-3, you've got to carry an extra stand-up linebacker, what we call a stack backer. It doesn't mean they can't play Sam on the line or Will on the line and create a five-man front, essentially the same thing as the 34 jam, but that body's going to be a lot lighter than the original five guys you would put on the line of scrimmage. That's why you got to kind of step back and go, okay, that doesn't necessarily mean this is going to be a better run defense, right? Now, as far as – in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, you know, the majority of the run games in the NFL today looking for cutbacks, you having backers stacked up as opposed to defensive linemen engaged might be a little easier to flow to the ball. You might see them to be a little more aggressive in that regard. But uh, that's the big difference. You're going to carry one or two extra linebackers and one or two fewer defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, if you will. So hopefully that answered your question, man. It, it's kind of a boring there's, I wish there was something I could say, hey, guys, here's here's the secret. This is what makes it so unique, but it's really straightforward. And the majority of the time you're going to be in your nickel anyway, so you're going to you're gonna have the same people on the field a large majority of the time that you had in your 34 because we ran a nickel 245. Now it's going to be a nickel 425. You know what the difference is? Now on the depth chart, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are going to be listed as defensive ends instead of outside linebackers. They're still going to be playing wide nine. 
they're still going to be playing a seven tech and occasionally cheating up on a five tech with a cat blitz or however you want to attack the attack the edges when you do. The question is going to be how much man coverage are we playing as opposed to last year? Last year we ran 23%. The team that ran the most in the league was 40%. Are we going to be closer to 40%? Um, are we going to play more single high than shell? You're definitely going to play more single high, I would imagine, because that's what Halfley's kind of known for. What people forget or haven't looked into is we played the fifth most single high coverage of the entire NFL last year. So we weren't playing that shell that people think we were. I've said it a thousand times, sound like a broken record, but I'm trying to answer the question here. So hopefully that answers the question. That makes sense, Tim. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, right, Clay? Like, I mean, you got one guy camped out back there. You know, your margin of error is smaller. It, it's it just is. You're going to see more explosives in those situations. Look at this guy with the tie-dyed shirt, my man. What's happening? It's good to see you, Emilio. Welcome good to back, see you, guys. How are you? Surprise! We're doing good. Dude. We're in- <laughs> so obviously, man, you've been taking care of business. Hope all is well. We yep. will get into the details and. uh I'm sure you're on here to kind of unplug from everything right now, but man, it's good to see you in here. Buddy. I feel like I've been unplugged, man, for for like a week. I just have no idea what's going on. I've been trying to been trying to catch up on the pods here and there, but uh, yeah, no, man, it's uh, uh, so I'm I'm just I'm learning everything right now. So so you just keep talking and I'll keep listening. At least we're going back into the history tonight. I can I can at least dive into that a little bit better. Oh, yeah. we, we got some good videos through some gems for you guys. We're going to get into the far area here in a minute a little Ooh. bit. Greg Rice in the chat says Will equals weak side, Mike equals middle, star strong, off ball linebackers aren't all linebackers off the ball. So the star I don't know where you got star from, but we always called it sand. And there may be terminology out there that calls it star. Mm-hmm. We were talking last night about how, uh, you know, Andy Reid refers to his, what I call yo-yo, he called it shuttle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was someone else who called it something totally different. I think it might have been Jake that called it something different. Everybody's got different terminology. Um, you know, I'm in Tennessee. You know, obviously, Jake is somewhere up further north. I guarantee you coaches in different regions have different nicknames for things, right? Andy yeah, Reid obviously right. grew up in the West Coast offense. Now he's out in Kansas City. Remember, um, the Titans was left side, strong side. So, I mean, you know, but you, you can play it anyway. Right. That's true. And Fidel says, Sam is middle. I believe that's wrong, Fidel. Um, Mike, in a 4-3, your mock is your middle linebacker. Your Sam is your strong backer, which is on the tight inside typically. And you can mix and match a little bit if you want to get creative with, with specific matchups. And then the will backer is your weak backer. So you got three backers. You got Will, Strong, or you got Will, Mike, and Sam. At least that's the way I've always understood it. So um, there you go. That's why you'll hear like a Sam fire or a Will fire. That means the outside linebacker on that side is actually firing. You'll hear you'll hear terms like four three under, four three over. That's talking about which side they're actually shifted to, whether it's the strong side or the weak side. If I remember correctly, over is you're shifted to the strong side. And this is all stuff I'm learning again because we haven't been in the 4-3 defense for so long. If you're in under, you're shifted to the weak side. Obviously, the weak side being opposite the Y, the strong side of the formation. So, um, love it. Let's uh, let's unplug from that stuff for a minute, the X's and O's. I found a really cool video here, a couple of them, actually. You Do you guys know who Steve the Homer True is? Do you, you guys know who he is? I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah. Familiar. Milwaukee, you, Milwaukee people will know will know Homer for sure. Homer has been covering the Packers forever. Have you ever listened to his stuff, Emilio? I'm not sure. 
I'm, okay. Unless you played it, I probably haven't. He, if you listen to him, I can see how people on the surface would be like, "This is an old, crusty radio guy," <laughs> and I don't like. Him. Bro, he is very, he's very outspoken. He's very brash. He'll, he'll cut people off. I wouldn't say he's rude. Once you learn his personality, I think he's just very, very, he's very bought into his brand of sports radio. And he's been doing it well before I was probably even born, I'm sure. Right. So I found a video of a show he used to do called Pack Attack. And this was done by Channel 12 News way back in the day. And they would have guests on and they would go to like local bars and stuff and do like live shows like some of these radio guys do. Check this young Brett Favre out talking about snap count with Steve the Homer True back when and, and Homer a young, a young Steve the Homer True too. Yes. <laughs> back when back when Homer had a rug up top. All right. And I'm not trying to show any disrespect, but he would say it too. I love it though, man. Check out Steve the Homer True. Um here. And we always know him as Homer. I think on ESPN radio right now, he's got a show called The Homer Hour. And uh, really good. I, I enjoy it. I do, man. Emmy Mike winner. Right. Emmy, Emmy award winning Steve. Mike put some damn respect on his name. There we go. All right, here we go. Check this out. Listen to Brett Favre trying to teach uh, a young kid and, and uh, Homer how to uh, basically how the, the snap count works. center here Chris and this is what I've always dreamed of being and, and to pass along this input what it's like to be a quarterback in terms of what you hear and bark out so you get to be Frank Renner's Chris now first of all Brett do you, do you touch the guy with your hand yeah you have to put your hand right up against his butt right there not one of the more glamorous things about the job okay now you get down there, and then you first I got like, 36 what's all that mean what's the first well everything about football is on rhythm all right. And so in order for to get 10, 11 guys, however many we have on offense, 11, <laughs> off at the same time, you have to go on rhythm. And so each team has a different thing. We we use a color number deal. So, so you're not calling the play. Like, the play's already. No, the play is called in the okay. huddle. And if I was to change the play at the line, we have we have two live colors. Okay. When they hear that color, they know the play is going to be changed. And then I'll give them a number, which tells them what play we're running. But if if, Most times that doesn't. Yeah, happen. say I call a play in the huddle. I just go red, right, twenty-two, ZN on one, ready, break. We go to the line. On everyone one. gets set. I go blue, whatever, blue fifty-eight, blue ninety-six, whatever. That that doesn't mean anything except it's a timing rhythm type of. So when so they, they know when they, they hear the, the second blue fifty-eight, they know that they're starting to go because then it's set hut. But you said on one, but you said two blues. Blue fifty-eight, blue fifty-eight, set hut. Hut is one. So all that other stuff means All the other stuff. Yeah, I just can't go up and go set hut because then everyone would. You <laughs> oh, so all that stuff is just delaying it. It's, it's so you could go up and go all... set hut. I could go set So hut. I go, Brittany, hut, six, twelve. Oh, he didn't post a snap. He snapped it early. That's a penalty. <laughs> That's a penalty. What are you doing? Let Brett show you how to do it. Let Brett show you how to do it. Brett, you, you take over. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm already confused. So right. it's, on, on, so it's, it's on, on one. It's on one. It's on so one. So you play guard. Okay. So it's blue 58, blue 58, set hut. Yeah, there you go. We did it? It was good. You jumped a little. I jumped a little. All right. We're going to go out in the audience. And in addition. I love that stuff, man. Young Brett Farr. I love how he looked at the kids and said, what are you doing? <laughs> Vintage Farr, man. Vintage the classic Farr. Blue 58, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Before he made it uh, famous, for sure. I like Greg Rice said he was playing. The uh, kid was playing Frankie Winters right there. Really cool hearing Mike Wall. Tell stories about Frank Winters, man. Frankie old bag of donuts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Hey, that's a good point. Greg's on it. Greg. Greg is my sound drop guy. He's always giving me uh, 
ideas for sound drops. We need a sound drop of Favre going, what are you doing? We need that. We got to have that for sure. So there was another part to that too. And it was, they got, I, I got to looking close at this clip and they're, they're trying to clock Favre throwing a football. Okay. Inside this bar. You know, Favre, I don't know. Sure I don't that? know if they, <laughs> you know, when you throw a football, it's much slower than a baseball, obviously, right? You know, sure. it's bigger. It's going to have mm-hmm. it's going to have more wind resistance. They said Favre, they they felt like he could throw over a hundred mile an hour with a baseball. Like there's a good chance he could crack three digits with a baseball. So they were trying to clock him throwing a football. He breaks a glass in here. It's pandemonium. They can't get the gun to read. And I want you to pay attention. I noticed this at the end. If you look in the back, who's running the radar gun? It's a damn police officer. They got a police officer in there with a radar gun in the middle of this bar. Check this out. Again, this is Steve the Homer Shrew, and you can find this on Channel 12's YouTube page. It's like 16 years old. I got to digging. I was like, what is this? Check this out. This is Pack Attack with Brett Farr. We call this X's and O's. Each week, we talk football and try to learn a little bit about the game, and I think everybody's fascination in and out of football is Brett Favre throwing the football and how hard you throw it, but just give us a basic on uh, on how you hold it. Uh, that high up? Yeah, I hold it. You know, some guys, Terry Bradshaw held the football like this. Troy Eggman doesn't even hold the, the threads. He kind of holds the ball like this with the threads. In Is his that pocket. based on the size of their hand or just? Uh, how- you know, some guys. Obviously, if you have big hands, it's a little easier to, to control the ball. But uh, it also depends on conditions. You know, it, it gets tough up here to throw the football. So. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have big enough hands to kind of almost grip half of the football. Does it, did anybody ever tell you how to throw a football, or is that just somebody picks it up and that's as how you As far as I remember, is back before I was throwing a football, I was throwing rocks at my dad's window. So <laughs> now I'm throwing footballs. Right. It was probably a little cheaper on my dad to throw a that's football. Good. Less window damage. Right. Um, also, John Mann recently asked, watching you play, geez, that guy throws the ball so hard, they should get a radar gun. And find out how hard he throws the football. And you got a radar. Oh, right? you know that's bad when you give me something like yeah, that. I know. So I know. we set up a special net here. We're going to back, walk back in. We also have Officer Doug Funk, Milwaukee County officer. We met. We met on the highway a couple months ago. I believe. Oh, he just pulled over and wanted to talk. I believe. So he's here. He's got the official radar gun. Let's back up back here and uh, maybe I should throw first. It can be a habit. Yeah, you. Here. Yeah, that's good. I'll look throw first. We'll be back here. We're ready to go here? Officer, you ready? Ready to go. All right. Hit the net. I hope like when I'm riding, it's a fast gun. I was doing no more than 54 that day. (laughs) Ready? 37. (laughs) You can all be removed. We got a second group waiting outside. One more try. No, that's good enough. I did it. That's about what I do. All right, here we go. Ready, Ready, officer? Oh. oh, we got the glass. One more time. Did, didn't more register? Time. I'm not saying anything, Brett. I know how things have been going. I'm not saying anything. Whoa. Didn't read. <laughs> you know, you know, in concept, this was a great idea. <laughs> Officer, if it doesn't read, just say 80. <laughs> just say 80. Madden won't know the difference. 37-minded. His arm is about ready to go. 37. Still not reading. Might be reading. Done. Too close. (laughs) 80. Just give me an 80. It's only a half-hour show. Last time. Last chance. 
80. 80, there we go. <laughs> We're <laughs> stuck. If only the radar wouldn't work when I'm going down the highway. It was a good concept. We're going to go to questions from the audience. I love it, dude. Love it. That was great. Yeah. I mean, even if that was accurate, that that's that makes sense, right? Let's say he's throwing a football 80 miles an hour. I'd bet he can throw a baseball 100 for sure. Oh yeah. They cocked it when that tater at 80. Come on now. Yeah. Um. Let me let me try to Google it real quick. How fast can Favre? It says, how fast can Mandy drive? 120. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> how fast can Favre throw a football? Because I think they clocked some guys once before. Um, 63 mile an hour. And it says Broncos receivers were reportedly set at 70 mile an hour to simulate John Elway's throw. So Brett Favre was estimated to max out at 63 miles an hour with a football. So um, still fast. Oh my God, dude. And and again, Steve the Homer True was at 34. So what it was. 30, yeah. 30 something. So it probably wasn't reading the gun, the gun being that close, but I just love that stuff. Did man. you hear that? Uh, I think Sauce said uh that Rogers I think Sauce said that Rogers threw a ball one time in practice and that it like burnt his gloves when he went to catch mm-hmm. it. I believe it. I believe it. You know, uh, I watched the video where Mooch was talking about it, but then Brett, there's actually an interview with Brett Favre talking about how in college they were practicing and he threw a ball and it split his receiver's gloves and he noticed his hand was bleeding. He took his glove off and it had split him down the middle of the hand, right between the webbing of the finger. So, Um, yeah, that's something that definitely happened. Yeah, that's why you can't do the triangle. Yeah. Greg Rice said, yeah, exactly. Greg Rice said, I heard that four broke a finger on every one of his receiver's I wouldn't doubt it one bit, man, the way he threw that ball. We'll, we'll see a couple rocket balls here in a minute. I got a highlight reel pulled up for you guys. Nice. Uh, Fidel Smith in the chat says, you mind if I share this in my Facebook uh, Facebook group, Go Pack Go Nation? I want everybody to know that's listening to this, watching this, whatever. Anything that I do content-wise, we don't do this to go, hey, look at look how good we're at content. Everything we do, everyone is free to share, okay? The whole reason we started this show you know, it started off Packers total access. It's Packer fan total access. It's ran by the fans. Don't ever feel like you can't share anything I create. Rip it, download it, share it on Twitter, whatever you want to do. I'm not out here to try to get, you know, let me see how many clicks I can get. Let me see how many views I can get. For me, it's more about kind of connecting the fans, us having a good time and being, being you know, a little, a little bit better educated Packer fans, if you will, if that makes sense. So, yeah, anytime we do anything, feel free to, uh, to have at it for sure. Um, so speaking of Brett, we got another video here real quick. This is what you do in the off season. We have fun. We're going to do a mock draft here in a minute, but, uh, uh, cause we got to get our second pro football network website, um, uh, mock draft in for the, uh, the information we need going into free agency. And I understand Fidel Fidel says, ask out of respect, brother. Thanks. Yeah. Anytime, buddy. yeah I appreciate you asking for, for sure. sure. Man. Um, my, my big thing is if someone tries to share our content and then dog us, like they're going to rip my video to try to put us down, that's when we got an issue, right? Right. And, and yeah, people will do that. You know? Just because we're talking about mountain chickens, like they got to rip it and then do that to us? Come on now. Like yeah, what? Yeah, that's when we give them the old uh... – Roadhouse. Click correct. We talk about – Mandy seen a video the other day. We broke down on Chalk Talk. I was going back and showing the play where Aaron Jones picked up Micah Parsons, you know, and blocked him mm-hmm. because 
of the interview. And she said, she looked at me, did you just say he was running butt naked through the trail? <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, I did. That's a, that's a PTA classic right there. Yeah. She's yeah, like, man, I got to listen some more. Hey, that that's a Clayton Bailey trademark right there. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's she's downstairs watching right now going, I know. He's got plenty of them. You ever wonder where I get my one-liners from? You need to go have a cold beer with my dad sometime. I'm just telling you, he is he is where every one of them can. He's an Irish redneck biker, and he is the stuff he comes up with. I'm just like, my God, I'm absolutely unbelievable. Um, Peter said, let's get to it, man. When are we going to spin the wheel for the read card? <laughs> you know what? Since you're going to put pressure on me, we're going to do it right now. How about that? Let's do Whoa, it. Oh, right I love it. Right now. Whoa. That's exactly what he just said. Yeah, you think I'm scared? What's this? Bang. There you go. Let's put it full screen here. It's just it's just small enough so Eric Sutherland can say it's red. Go ahead, Tim. Hit me with that. That's what she said. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, wait, but we've got Eric Sutherland in the chat. He is rigged. Right on <laughs> cue. All right, so what we do, guys, is we take – got to be quick with this because the viewers always go down when we do this type of stuff. We're going to be really quick. Um we took everybody who is a YouTube member of the PTA Posse. We put them on this list. There's 149 of them, and we're going we're gonna to spin it three times. The first winner will be the true winner. If they don't come forward and claim the prize within the next five to seven days, then we'll go to the second winner, then to the third winner if, if no one claims it. Let's go ahead and spin it. Here we go. This is for the autograph rookie Jaden Reed card that was donated by loyal listener, our buddy United Bates. Let's spin it. Big money, no whammy. Big money, no whammy. Big money, no whammy. Who's it going to be, Emilio? Who's it going to be? Uh, it'll be Eric this time for sure. Look at this. It's rigged. Oh, <laughs> oh no, Tim. You did not do it. Tim. No. Can't, no. Do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Nope. Tell her all this, that was a practice spin. That was what for those that of you was. listening on the pod, it was Mrs. Green. So this is Tim's wife who is actually <laughs> yeah, no, pull, pull her name out of there. That was no, just that. a practice spin. And you're probably wondering how'd she get on the list. We just copied the CSV, I think is what it's called, and just yeah. throw it in the system because I can't top that fast, to be honest. Yeah, with no, you. that that was so, not intentional. That's Sorry. funny though. Let's close it out. All right, we're gonna spin it for three more. Here we go. <laughs> there we <Yeah>. go. <laughs> What's your winning it again? That would be hilarious. We've got Eric Sutherland. Yeah, Gaylord. 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 Okay. Nice. Right. That should be easy to validate. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if he comes forward, he or she comes forward, it, whatever you want to say, don't matter to me. It, when they come forward, they will win the, the Jaden Reed autograph rookie card. We're going to spin it again in case they do not come forward. All right. Second place winner. I'm like rooting for Eric Sutherland to win one here. Oh, I am too, big time, man. <laughs> And the second winner is Ryan Okray. All right. Okay. Ryan Okray. Okay. So we got that one down, and let's spin it one more time in case those two don't come forward. Sound like you're getting tired over there, Tim. Man. Looks like Noah P. Nice. So Eric Sutherland will get to say it's rigged for at least another giveaway, right? Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. All right, so just a quick little recap for those of you listening, joining, whatever, viewing. Um, Gaylord, first place. All right, shoot me an email as soon as possible, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. Uh, second place was Ryan Okray, O-K-R-A-Y. Um, go ahead and send me an email too. That way if, the, if Gaylord doesn't come forward, then uh, obviously you'll get it. And then Noah P., 
Noah P is the third place winner. So congratulations to whoever claims that. Like I said, Gaylord will have first dibs, so on and so forth. We want to give them enough time to come forward and get it for sure. So there you go with that. Now let's get to this video here real quick. Um, yeah, look, Eric Sutherland told y'all. I knew, you know he was waiting on that for Mrs. My <laughs> wife is going to be so upset because she, like, never wins anything. Yeah. <laughs> and now the one, one time she does, she doesn't. <laughs> I can't win. I can't do anything. Right. <laughs> oh, I oh, love God. it. All right. So uh, let's do this. Let's go to this video of Favre. Um, actually, we got one comment here that kind of goes with it. Greg Rice said, I was listening to someone today who said Favre started the RPO. He told Mike Holmgren that the defense wasn't respecting the pass enough and he wanted the ability to pass it. Uh, Mike Holmgren said, okay, that was me who said that. I actually heard that story told by, I believe it was actually Doug Peterson who told it when the RPO really took off. It was some kind of NFL film special. It might have just been on total access or something. But he said that he learned it from Favre because Doug Peterson – was Favre's backup. I won't get into the whole story because we did it on the morning show, but essentially they they would run draw plays, they would run running plays, and there was many times that Favre, you guys remember, would hand the ball off and fake like he was going to pass, he'd, or he'd fake it and then hand it off on a draw. People still do that today. He would look out there, and the backer wasn't biting. The back, backer would just come in on the run, and he told Mike, he was like, hey, look, this guy's already biting up. If I've got it, you want me to just hammer the slant because the offensive line isn't downfield yet. It wouldn't be ineligible downfield. Mike said, yes. Yeah. So they started doing that. So that's kind of how the RPO was born. Now, they didn't lean on it quite like Aaron did in 21 and 20, right, when we won the MVP, the back-to-back -back MVP awards. Obviously, nobody leaned on it more than Philly did with Nick Foles the years they won the Super Bowl. But uh, they still did. That's that's kind of how it, it started. And it was to keep those backers kind of honest, right, with the run plays. So nonetheless – Good stuff there, man. And, again, we covered it earlier this morning. We go a little more in-depth, um, uh, you know, on the morning show if you want to go back and listen to it. But with that being said, this right here, this video, and we're going to hit with the copyright here. It's totally cool. So if the stream goes down, it'll come back up. Just keep refreshing or go back to the YouTube page. Um, if not, you can watch it uh, in full stream later on. But this is actually kind of the birth of the legend of Brett Favre in Green Bay. Okay, so just to set the, set the stage here, this was 1992. Obviously, Ron Wolf had traded a first-round pick for a second-round player um, in Brett Favre. He didn't play in Atlanta. They said that he was he was fat. He was out of shape. He was, you know, I think he missed the team photo because he was drunk the night before. He don't don't get the idea that Brett was this. He was cheated in Atlanta, right? He was treated bad or cheated out of anything. Brett will be the first to tell you, like, yeah, Jerry Glanville, the head coach, didn't like it, but he also didn't do things right either. He said when he got the call that the Packers had traded for him. It was Ron Wolf or somebody from Green Bay called him. He said, we were sitting at the kitchen table, me and dad, we were eating crawfish and drinking beer. And they said that when he came in, Steve Mariucci said when he came into camp, he was like, I can't remember the exact terms he used, but he said he was, he was so overweight. It wasn't. <laughs> Brett didn't take anything serious at this time. So keep in mind, Don Mikowski is the quarterback, but he's having injury problems, right? And, the, you know, his style, Don Mikowski was a scrambling quarterback, a dual-threat quarterback. They called him the magic man for that very reason. He could just make things happen with mm -hmm. his feet, right? So, um, Brett, obviously, they're not expecting Brett to play. Don Mikowski goes down with the ankle injury. Brett comes in, plays like absolute cheeks the entire game. But then right at the end of the game, what did he do? He put together, one, like Mike Holmgren said, he was all over the joint all night long or all day long. But when it came down to it with the game on the line, he said he put together some of the prettiest passes you'll ever see in your life on this final drive. This is the final drive of Brett Favre's, I guess, birth in Green Bay lore, if you will, right? 
This is him on the game-winning drive against the Cincinnati Bengals in uh, 1992. Check this out, man. Look how young he is, too. It's just wild. You'll see some rocket balls on this. On this. <laughs> I, I tell you, we have seen a game a breaker today here in Terrell Buckley. He has shown that uh, he's shown that potential. Here is the drive, and it is going to go. Let it go out of bounds. Oh, he caught it. Brooks caught it and went out at D8. And what a terrible play by Brooks. If he doesn't catch the ball, Max, the okay. ball will be a first down at the 35, and he caught it and ran out of bounds. All right, here's the first down play. Here's Favre back to throw. Favre in the end zone, throws it out to Harry Sidney, and Sidney takes it out of bounds at about the 12-yard line for a gain of about four yards. A minute and one left in the ball game. Well, if that's our two-minute drill, we're <laughs> little going to be a little short. You've got to go over the middle as long as you've got a little time. You've got to take a chance. Yeah. What yeah. the heck are you trying to win a football game? You know, uh, sure, you can throw one for two or four yards, but you only got another 90 to go. Favre is 19 out of 34 for 200 yards. Got to go downfield, folks, with a minute and one to go on again. Houston defeated Kansas City in overtime 23-20. All right, 10-7, New Orleans over Atlanta. That's the final score. Here's Favre back to throw. Favre steps up in the pocket, throws long upfield. There's Sterling Sharp. He caught it. He's at the 50 down to the 47-yard line. and they don't know Notice on that play right there, Sharp hurt himself. He came down on that shoulder kind of kind of in between the AC joint or whatever. Right. So you'll see he's hurt the rest of the drive. So he, he kind of has to do this without without sharp here. You, also, you gotta hurry. Come on, you gotta what was that? Were you gonna say something? You'll, you'll also see the chin strap surgically attached to the back of Sterling Sharp's helmet, which goes mm -hmm. to his shoulder pads, which was from his previous neck injury. Wow. They literally they literally rigged a chin strap to the back of his helmet and snapped it into his pads. If you can believe that. Like a Hans device or something with NASCAR, basically, right? Like, basically. Yeah. I'm down here in the South. You gotta you gotta put it in those terms for me. If you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing top dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, here we go. We got the lineup up here. We're down to 49. What a throw. It is at the 47-yard line. Now you want to just throw the ball into the ground. Campen wants the ball from the official, and he can't get it. Favre with 40 seconds. Throw it in the ground, Brad. Set. Get set. He's not set. Now he is. Now he's back to throw. On the down, comes up over the middle. It is caught by Workman out of the 35. 29 seconds left. Got I got to take it back in real time here. I want to see that. Was that a Texas route? That's a little Texas, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Come out of the backfield on an angle. The down comes up over Dang. the middle. It is caught by Workman out Whoa. of the 35. Yeah, 29 seconds left. Some of you guys are going, why you mentioned that? Go back and watch week one this year against Chicago. Remember the touchdown catch by uh, Aaron Jones? Mm -hmm. That was that was an angle route. Texas is where you walk a backer out and then ran the angle underneath it. Uh, so that was a staple in the West Coast offense for sure. Got to throw it in the ground. It's a first down. Stop the clock, Brett. 23 seconds left. I'll try throw it anywhere. Throw it just now. He downs it right there. It, it goes with 19 <laughs> seconds remaining. Now you got three shots to throw it to the end. Look how out of shape he is, bro. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Did we help him at all? <laughs> <laughs> up Jambalai. I'll tell you, he's Sterling Sharp. Yeah. You know, no. he was out look, behind look those Look at Sterling Sharp, man, just playing through it, gritting oh, it out. Yeah. Here's Barr. Barr goes straight back in the pocket. Yeah, now huh. he pumps it. Now he's going to the end zone. There's a man. He's wide Play. open. Touchdown. It is caught by the wide open. And it is Kittrick Taylor. I like, I like how they say he's wide open. He wasn't that open. Put him in the bunker. Two men back there. Exactly. Nobody that was covered bunker. him. Let him all by himself. I can't believe it, Jim. A great pass by And there's the Brett Favre trademark helmet off. Has scored it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kittrick Taylor was all wide open 
and the fifth-year player from Washington State, and now the extra point with 13 seconds. Good old Mike Holmgren. Gosh, look at him. This is the best part. I know you guys have heard this story a thousand times, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Brett Favre, they've got a they've got a video of it on another NFL Films version where you they zoom in on his hands. Brett Favre was the backup quarterback. Back then, the backup quarterbacks held for extra points and field goals. He's the holder, okay? So he comes in to hold it, and you could see him move his hands, right? Because he said, I didn't want to get kicked. It's the game-winning extra point, and he lets go of the football, and he said it kind of stuck in the mud, thank God. Because he said, I let God wasn't going to get my hand kicked. What he said. So if you, it's going to be hard to see on the TV copy, but find that NFL Films version. You could probably find it on YouTube. It's unbelievable. And hearing hearing Andy Reid talk about it and Mike Holmgren, it's just phenomenal. If that isn't exciting, I'll tell you, Jim. Uh, a, I don't know why. I don't feel anything. Oh, <laughs> these fans are going crazy. I mean, this thing is supposed to be over with, and the Packers are in position to win this ball game. <laughs> Time out, Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Look at that hangover, boy. Oh, dude, yeah, hangover's he, killing him. exactly right, man. He's burping up some Schaefer Light right now, dude. Uh-huh. 225 a case, Schaefer Light. Packers are coming over here to the sidelines. Mike Holmgren wants them over there. What was the distance, Jim? <laughs> Five to Taylor. This is what Emilio was talking about. They're running like a cover two look almost. It might have been single high. You can't see the all 22, obviously. But he kind of hit the bunker. You know, you got the base down the seam, you got the bunker behind the corners, but in front of the safety or outside of the safety in a typical cover two zone defense. You can attack the bunkers on each sideline, which is that space between the corners and the safety, or you can attack the seam over the backer in between the split safety, unless they're running a Tampa two, which that's where you got to check it down, go over the middle of the field. But right here's a bunker shot for sure. Kittrick Taylor, how many yards? Mm. Well, I'll get it all for you here in a minute. Ooh. I know that it's coming. I love how he set him up outside, worked back and inside, gave him all the space. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's incredible, Jim. It really is because wide open back there. I kind of wish I hadn't pointed out to them that they should put that three seconds back on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that three back, please. Well, you got to get the extra point. It's the simplest play in football, but it's not automatic. That's right. I'll tell you, this will make the party tonight. There it is, Tim. Look at it. There it is. So he's looking for he's looking for anyone to celebrate with too, and he can't find anybody. Watch this. Somebody <laughs> slap hands, slap hands. Look. Oh man, <laughs> just like he did in the oh, first quarter of the Super thing, Bowl. They it. Absolutely. Patrick Taylor. All right now, Chris Jackie is trying to get everybody. Oh, look at Farr. Look, he's right now. Crap. This is my dude right here. This is who I grew up watching. You know, it's funny. That's the Chris same Jackie. play that Sterling Sharp had caught on. See if you can see him let go. Look, yep. <laughs> he removed both hands. Now the kick is on its way. The kick is up. Good. Look at that crowd. Man. 24, 23. Helmet back off. <laughs> Penalty. Oh, did far. you see that? Hold up a minute. Did I just see a young John Gruden? Sure Hold did. Up. Let's see here. Look right there. Middle, yep. of, the, middle of the frame. John yep. Gruden fired up. He said, I'm going to get a coaching job out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Farr. Farr's going crazy down here on this sidelines. Well, you got to make another play or two. Cincinnati has no timeouts. I'll tell you, this is about as much fun as you can have in a football game, Jim, I'll tell you. Well, the drive of the Packers was 93 or 92 yards. It was on, I thought, the seven-yard line when they started, Jim. And Look at Ron Wolf. Ronnie said, Wolf. Ron Wolf said, I'll be damn. I got me one. <laughs> to go that in, a, in just a little over a minute, 
And there's Ron Wolf. They're showing a picture of him up in that booth. I guess he... It was not a minute, Max. He started with a minute and uh, 10 seconds to go. And so it was 57 seconds on the drive. Oh, and boy. the last play, I believe, went 45 yards. What a lift for these fans, Jim. I, I love it, man. I love it. And like Eric Sutherland said there, the good old days. Damn, I'm old. Amen, yeah, bud. We all are, but We all, except for Emilio. He's still a young whippersnapper. <laughs> but uh, it's so cool because, like, you've seen everybody rallying around Favre right there, how excited they were for him. Didn't it feel like that with love this year? Like, everybody oh, yeah. just kind of had his back, right? And yep. that's why we kept drawing the the parallel all season long. Like, let's go back and see what they did in 92, where Favre kind of took over as a starter, right? Guess what they did? They won nine games. They missed yep. the playoffs, but they won nine games. What do we do? We won nine games. We ended up going – it wasn't until the next year they went to the playoffs and they lost in the first round. Uh-huh. Jordan Love's first year starting, they go to the playoffs and win a freaking playoff game. Yep. Like, we're already ahead of the curve. So, it was two years later that they went on their run and made it to the divisional round and got beat out. And then three years later, they win their first Super Bowl, right? So – Obviously, Favre goes on to win multiple MVPs, all that stuff. So, and the way he threw it too, like it was like he was on top of the pitching mound versus Jordan Love fading away off oh, yeah. no feet in midair, twisting his hips, like no unbelievable. Watch this. I'm gonna put it. Mute it though, and let's kind of take it back to that point. Ain't nothing wrong with walking through it one more time, right? Let's watch that throw one more. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> we got a few minutes here before we got to wrap up. Yeah, this is a this is a shot right here, dude. The way he winds up, it's, it's like he up. like he like he like shrinks down and just like absolutely rifles this thing. What's crazy too is having already seen the wide receiver cam. Did you notice how the corner squatted a bit and let yep. him get behind him? The reason he did, it's this pump fake. Watch this baby pump fake right here. That mm-hmm. that right there does just enough. And right. it's yeah. a, and Our it's a throw every ball with his whole body, man. His mm-hmm. whole body. I remember it was John Gruden that had to tell him at camp to take it easy. Because he was out there at camp that year just throwing laser beams during warm-ups, and these guys were like, relax. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chill out a minute, yeah. Yeah. I love it, dude. Wasn't yeah. even a play pick. What was that set? I didn't even get the set. No. Let's, get the set. Let's look at the set. Let's call this play out. Y'all want to? So we got – looky here. We got ace 11. Yeah, we got we got 11 ace on. doves, strong right. Mm-hmm. All right. And you won't be able to see all the routes, but I'm running two seam, two seam, or looks like the the tight ends are on a seam. You know what it looks like? It no, that's that's four vert. I was they just went, gonna say four vert looked like they went four vert with a little halfback. That's what you would call a T cut. The tailback is just gonna if everybody fades out of the middle of the field, he's gonna go right the middle and then cut out. See him right there, just kind of okay. sit. Really, a more of a stab route than a cut. A stab is just where you kind of run a little sit route, a curl, a little option there. So. uh you don't see that a lot, though, man. Drop straight back out of center. We're we're missing that. You don't. We don't get to see that all the time. We we see a lot more shotgun drops. Definitely. Different game back then. It really was. Yeah. I see but that it's cyclical, right, Clayton? You never know. We'd be be seeing this again someday. I'm telling you, man. It it all it always comes back around. It really does. You think Malafloor will put a pro set in? Oh my God! You <laughs> you're talking about going from? I about to say something bad. Yeah, I would be excited if uh, if we had a, had a process. So keep in mind the pump fake now. Watch the corner this time. Corner, look at his eyes. He's on Favre the whole time. Yep. On Favre, watch the pump. Mm. Oh, it's over. See you. Yeah, because like he's you said he can set, jump it. He set him up outside like you were saying, Emilio, set him yep. up outside, worked it back because in. Because that inside seam held the safety long enough that, I mean. Bingo. Yep. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure when I watched it before, they were in a cover two. Yeah, see it right there? They're in a yeah. cover two. So Yeah, and that was too late. Safety's like, oh, boy, it's going to the outside guy. Yeah, it could have been. Yep. It might have been a two-man under. It might have been man coverage, and that guy just got kind of beat because he is expecting safety help over the top. But like you said, I man, it does kind of hold the yeah, single. It's definitely not a single high look because he's on the hash. Thinking so. about it, he's probably trying to hold the sideline to keep him in bounds, yeah, keep the clock point. running too, and just drop the dime. Ah, beautiful, man. Look at that. Yeah, that's Three that where he's like fading away. <laughs> I love it, dude. I could watch his stuff all night, man. I absolutely love it. So there you go. Oh, they got us to the 57 minute mark. Let's go around the horn real quick. Guess what? We'll do the mock draft in the morning. All right. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what do you think, man? Anything else you want to add? Brings back some good memories, right? Yeah, of course, man. I mean, you know, Don Mikowski was the first quarterback I remember cheering for as a kid and you know, watching him go down and then you know, I, I remember watching this game. I wasn't there, but I remember watching this. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, kind of the birth of the legend right there. And, uh, at, you know, as history shows us, you know, he did nothing but do bigger and better things from those moments on. And, uh, you know, kind of put us through hell and a lot of nail biters, uh, through a lot of picks, <laughs> through a lot of game-winning tutters. But, my goodness, did he throw a lot of picks, too. But, that's part of what we loved about Brett. You know, that was part of the legend. You know, uh, if we were going to go down, we were going down swinging every single time. And uh, it's one of the things I love about him the most, for sure. Absolutely. Jake Shavink in the chat says, my parents were at this game. Just incredible. I would love to see any pictures anybody has from that era. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm -hmm. pictures of the game, not family pictures. I don't care about family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to see the weird uncle, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see, like, if anybody's got pictures, if you could post them on Twitter or something, it, it, just the stadium shot, what it looked like. I mean, you see the stadium in the background here, how it's changed. It's just wild, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And they were just trying to stay afloat until Bob Harlan really kind of got that thing cranking and got, got it, you know, started treating it like a year-round business for the Packers. And then Mark Murphy, of course, carrying carrying that on as well. But it was cool seeing young Ron Wolf, which, by the way, Elliot Wolf getting his turn at the player personnel this year, uh, you know, kind of full-time in New England. He's not technically the GM, but he is over the 53-man roster. So that's Ron Wolf's son. That's kind of cool to see him get his uh, get his stake at it. Look at Jake in here <clears throat> trying to get me to board. Yeah, so no mock draft. Yeah, Jake's like, how fast can you do one? And we're like <laughs> – I can rattle through one real quick, but it, it's kind of boring because no one else is included, right? I'm like the kid over here with a Nintendo controller going, no, I'm playing. Shut up, everybody. I'm this, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be my that. house. I get to play. <laughs> I haven't died yet. H.E. <laughs> exactly. Solder in the chat. Oh, hit the wrong one. Um, said uh, they really blocked that play up. They did, didn't yeah. he? he was able to step up in the pocket. Held true there for sure, man. Love it. Look, see, this is what they do every time, man. They get me feeling bad. Tim, <laughs> should we do one real quick? Are y'all cool with me just doing one? Get it, get it, on, the, get it on the burner. Let's roll. All right. We're going to roll through it quick. I'm going to fly through it. I'm going to go off of needs. They'll talk me into it. You do this every time. Mandy's downstairs right now. She's, I'm telling you, she's got the divorce lawyer on the phone as we speak. Jake, okay. Jake Shavink's over there like. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, here we go. We're going to go um, mock, or this is actually P, let's see, PFN, Pro Football Network. Okay, I'm going to go full screen so you guys can see it a little bit better. And I might get your all's take on a couple of these, but we're going to go really, really quick. Okay. The needs, again, are four safeties. Four corners, three offensive linemen, two linebackers, one defensive lineman, one tight end, one halfback, one edge. Now, if we break it down further, you need and two a long snapper. 
and a long snapper, correct? <laughs> you need two starting safeties, two starting corners, a starting offensive line, specifically right guard, uh, a starting defensive lineman, and a starting linebacker. All right, let's do this. Let's get this thing cranked up. And we're just going to treat this, their information, as if their draft board is our, our draft board, okay? That's how we're going to treat it. So their best available, we're going to kind of go off of that right off the bat. Jerzan Newton, my gosh, dude. He's the fourth overall prospect, right? Or I'm sorry, 14th overall prospect at defensive line. We're saying we could use a starting defensive lineman. If you were to try to reach, you could go offensive tackle with Tyler uh, Tyler Gotten here. Uh, you got Cam Kitchens there at safety. Um, for me, man, the value is just too strong to pass up on. We're going to go with Jerzan Newton, defensive mm-hmm. tackle out of Illinois. All right, so let's go ahead and pick Walk him up. Let him take a picture with the jersey. They're going to let me. Let's see here. There we go. We got it. So, Jerzan Newton is the pick. We got our defensive lineman right off the bat. Um, Let's go reject, reject. We don't need your trades, dude. All right. Oh, looky here. It played. Tyler Newman. Let's go, man. So, what pick are we at right now? We're at 41. Mm -hmm. Top available prospect is my boy Tyler Newman, safety out of Minnesota, right there at the top. I can't run this card down to the podium quick enough, man. That's why this one's going to be fast one. I mean, it's about to fall right into place. It really is, man. I'm excited because the last one did not. We, Me and Jake, we were in here going, oh, no, I don't know about how we feel about this. <laughs> All right. So now we are at pick 58. Best best prospect available is Zach Frazier, offensive, uh, obviously a center out of West Virginia. Now, do we want to go and draft the center and try to potentially uh, replace Josh Myers, or do we want to look at a different position? For me, the next available prospects would be tight end Jatavian Sanders out of Texas, cornerback Kalen King out of Penn mm-hmm. State. What's our greatest need other than safety? We said we could use four as many as four corners. That's how bad they played last year. I'm oh, going yeah. I'm going Kalen King, uh cornerback out of Penn State. This is falling oh, together God. pretty nice here. Oh, I could. All right, let's scroll on down here. Reject, reject. All right, we're at pick 88. Best prospects available. Uh center oh, Cedric Von Prahn. He's a stud. You got Kalen Bullock safety out of USC. You got running back Will Shipley. Somebody said, "Ooh, what did you see to say?" Ooh, there. I want to know. Oh, I was saying Van Pran because yeah. I, I remember we we kept snagging him. Oh, but but Bo Braid is there from Maryland too. Oh. Um, yeah. that's the other thing too. You got. Let's see here. You got you got two safeties, right? Bo Braid, safety out of Maryland. Mm-hmm. You got center or interior offensive lineman Cedric Von Pran. Um, out of Georgia, you got safety Kalen Bullock out of USC. You got running back Will Shipley uh, out of Clemson. Uh, running back Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin, tight end uh, Ben uh, Ben Sanat out of Kansas State, and then linebacker Peyton Wilson. Let me look at linebackers real quick and just see if I can here where they're stacking up so far. So we still got Junior Colson. We had a high grade on Junior Colson, didn't we, Tim? He was one of our top yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, he was our second best stack backer in this draft. We had Jeremiah Trotter Jr. number one, Junior Colson two. Edger and Cooper three. So you can see here this time around, we're getting safety, we're getting corner, but we're probably going to have to pass up on those if we want to stick with best available. We could go ahead and get another safety, man. It kind of makes sense, don't it? Seeing that we said we I, I would go play. safety or I'd go Von Prawn yeah. here. And we're and we're picking two after. So right. Now, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Probably now get look, a linebacker with with 91. Now think about our, our free agents that we really like. We like Bobby Wagner at linebacker at four milli. We had a safety Geno Stone at six and a half million, safety Alohi Gilman from L- the LA Chargers, which by the way, we just we hired his former DC as our defensive backs coach. So there's a connection there. He's at 2.7 million. Darnell Savage, I was hearing rumors Darnell Savage is probably going to be brought back 
this year. His market value sitting at $5 million, and then we got Greg Von Roten guard at $2.7 million. So with that being said, we've got three safeties we could potentially sign in free agency, right? Mm-hmm. With that being said, we only got one offensive lineman. I'm kind of thinking Von Prawn here. Yep. I, I think it's what yeah. we should do, Tim. I'm with you here, man. Let's go with trenches here. I think if if you can if he can play another position other than center, if you can have him compete at right guard, possibly. I don't even know what his measurables are. Six four three ten. I think he can get that done. It's not like he's out there at six foot two ninety as a center, right? From so, Georgia? No, yeah, we'll take him. Let's do it. Their water boys are six four down there at Georgia. Yeah, seriously. All right. So we went interior offensive line. That's another starter we potentially nab right there. This is playing out perfect. All right, now we're at pick 91. Look who's still on the board, boys. Old Braid, safety out of Maryland. Then you got safety Kalen Bullock out of USC. If we're treating this like it's our true draft board, Bo Braid is almost a tier and a half higher on the board than Kalen Bullock. You guys good with Bo Braid here? To yeah. double-check linebacker real quick. That's, good, That's why you get paid the big bucks. There's Let's no guarantee we can, we can get these guys in free agency. So who's yeah. on the- See, Junior, Junior Colson's still on the board. That's yeah. the thing. It's a good point, Tim, because, like, look, we're sitting at 91, right? Our next pick isn't until 126. Junior Colson's listed at 106. Peyton Wilson has a much higher grade, but if we try to wait till 126, we're not going to get either of those guys. I've right. got to – I'm going to have to take Junior Colson over Peyton Wilson if we do go linebacker because Peyton Wilson didn't make our top three in that top right. tier. So I will reach a bit according to their board just because I like Junior Colson that much. So if we look at free agency – if we go safety here, right, if we were to go safety, you got Bo Braid, but we have three safeties in free agency, we could potentially fill those needs, right? right? We already right. drafted a safety too. Linebacker, there's only one choice in Bobby Wagner. If that market heats up, you're probably going to miss out on Bobby Wagner. So I'm with you. Good call there, Tim. Let's go with Junior Colson here at linebacker. Sweet. All right, so we got our third backer that's going to compete with Isaiah McDuffie for that third linebacker spot in our new 4-3 defense. That's exciting. And now we're at pick 126. Mm-hmm. Top players on the board. You got Ben Sanat with the as the 83rd best prospect. We're picking at 126. That's really good value at tight end. You got Tommy Eichenberg at Ohio State at linebacker. You got uh Jaheim Bell uh tied in out of Florida State. Running back Marshawn Lloyd uh out of USC, running back Amani Bailey out of TCU. I kind of feel like we need to go between those top two here, probably. This might be the spot to get our best value at tight end. What are you thinking here, guys? Mm-hmm. You agree with it, or, or should we? Yeah, I like that. The only other thing I was thinking was corner. What that looked like, if you mm. had. Let's do it. Let's take a peek at corner. All right, one thirty-six. So it's yeah, okay. we got some time. Uh, yeah, it's not too much of a reach if we don't. T- it will be reaching a bit, about ten spots for Willie Drew. Okay, and if we wait, our next pick is one sixty-seven. There's going to be a cluster here. Yep. So remind me, we need to go corner next round. So if we do that and we bounce back. What are we thinking here? We need, we still need three safeties, three corners. Keep in mind, this is before free agency, so we could still fill these in free agency. Um, the biggest yeah, thing, like are, yeah, are those. So I'm looking at Marshawn Lloyd or Imani Bailey too. Thinking Ooh. about that, that yeah, running one back. running back. Let's see, uh, uh, let's see what running back looks like here. Yeah, after those guys, it drops off a bit too. Yeah, um, but at the same time, man, oh my God, sweet baby Ray Davis. There's my. <laughs> Well, I mean, there'll probably be some, some running backs on the board at 167. Um, Definitely. Yeah. You know, what it comes down to is overall talent value, right? I mean, you're yeah. talking about the 83rd oh, spot yeah. if this was our board. Yeah, 40. Yeah. 
Think and I understand that. it's probably going to be – he'll probably be the third tight end. He'll probably leapfrog Ben Sims on the depth chart, right, would be mm-hmm. most likely the case. Ben Sinat, 6'4", 245. Let's read the scouting report. A move tight end at 6'4", uh, and 245 pounds, Ben Sinat has experienced both in line and in the slot as a receiver. All right, low versatility. He's not a speedy threat who can get vertical like some recent top tight end prospects, but he's comfortable making catches through traffic. Sanat has good coordination with power and power with the ball in his hands, giving him value on short and intermediate immediate targets. His reliability as a pass catcher and blocker gives him tight end two value in the NFL. But see, it didn't say much about his blocking. It just this whole the whole scouting report is about his yeah. threat as a receiver. So very true. You know, I don't know. I'm pulling the trigger on it, Tim. That's a lot of value, man. I'm doing it. I gotta go with that. Listen, there's nothing yeah. better. Nothing better on a late night mock draft than a tight end. You know what I'm saying? Sign him. We got a new age back. Boom. <laughs> All right. Boom. There we go. We got him. All right. So we got our tight end need filled. Now, this is where we say corner, right, guys? Um, we are yeah. now at pick. What pick are we at? Corner or running back. Let's look at corner first. So we're, we're, we're picking at 167. The top one is 164. That's good value there. If we look at running back 149, look at that value. Dylan Johnson out of Washington. It's better value, ain't it, Tim? Yeah, we don't, we don't need another defensive lineman. Dylan Johnson yeah. will be the the top candidate here, unless you want to wait. Safety, we still need three safeties according to our needs list. Go back That's to corner one. once. I think I saw. I I just wanted to see. Mm-hmm. So Elijah Jones played for Boston College. Looky Timmy oh. over here, Timmy. So bringing a rookie corner in. We need a corner. He comes into a system. You know, with his former head coach running the defense. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's not the be all to end all, but it's something that certainly nah, Tim over here selling Kirby's, man. He done sold me on him. We're going a lot. <laughs> Bring that Kirby back, Tim. You sold me on him, but yeah, I'll take two. <laughs> here we I are. Mean, he's the best corner available. Like if we're just going by, by our, position, our biggest right? need too. Our biggest need exactly it makes sense. So I, I make a little argument for him, but all right, know. pick two oh three. Uh, I don't think we need another potential center, right? So we're passing on that, although we could use two more offensive linemen. Really, we kind of need another tackle, to be honest. But um, as far as needs, though, we still need three safeties, two corners, two offensive linemen, one backer, one running back, one edge. Um, If we were to look at it here, you got, like I said, interior offensive linemen, uh, center out of Clemson. What's his size? Don't have it. (laughs) Tim wants his running back still. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, safety Trey Taylor, that's a big need. We still need three of them. That's out of Air Force. I like that he's a cadet. Look at that, man. Mm-hmm. No, no information on him there. Just assuming the board is set up, you know, best available here, if that's how our board look, I would be okay with taking the safety here. Um, you need still a backup linebacker. The biggest need we have right now is safety, corner, and offensive line. What are we thinking here, fellas? Let's be quick with it, too. I got a quiche in the oven. I got to get home for yeah. dinner. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm fine with Trey. Trey, you good with it, Tim? Yeah, I'm good with it. I would say O line, but there's we we don't need interior. We need tackles, and I don't see right. a lot of tackles out here. So yeah, let's go safety. Yeah, all right, let's go with Trey Taylor, the Air Force grad. There, bang! All right, so that was another safety. All right, now we are at pick two fifteen. Best on the board is defensive tackle Jawan Briggs. Then you got tight end Brevin Span Ford. Tied in A.J. Barner, cornerback Dwight McLaughlin. We still need two safeties, two corners, two offensive linemen. What are we thinking here, fellas? I mean, if you go best available. Bring Dwight. What's that? Bring Dwight Dwight on. It makes sense as far as the need, doesn't it? 
It, it'd either be uh, Dwight McLaughlin or uh, Kitten Alatapo. I say right. take take Dwight from Arkansas. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Arkansas. All right, there we go. Bang. So we got us another corner, right? That was a corner, wasn't it? It was a safety. Yeah, that was a corner. All right, so we got another corner. I'm going to whiskey a little bit. 243. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're going to – we're all asked if the corner can play safety or if the safety can play corner anyway, so. That's a good point. <laughs> Dominique Hampton, safety out of Washington, your best prospect at 217. We would be taking him at 242. Hands down, the best value here. We still need two more safeties. Y'all good with it? We got a guard there, though. We got a oh, we do have a hanging around. How long? Yeah, he's at two thirty-five. We're already at two forty-two. There's a chance he's still there at two fifty. Let's see if there's value there at guard. Two fifty-seven. I think we can get him at at two fifty. What do you think, Tim? That Jacob Monk. Yeah, the value is the value is so good right now with this Dominic Hampton. Right. Right. All right, let's do. Let's take the safety, Dominic Hampton, out of Washington. Got him. All right, let's move it along. 250. Let's see who is there. Oh, McMahon's still there. There he is. So at a value of a 235th ranked prospect on the board, we get our guard at 250. I like it, Tim. You like it? I love it. All right, here we go. That was a good good move waiting on that. So we got us another interior offensive lineman. There it is. All right, let's screenshot it. This is our PFN mock draft number two. And uh, I think it turned out pretty good, to be honest with you. I think that's the best we've done in a while as far as filling the needs. And I felt like we didn't get too far away from best prospect available either. We right. went with, at the 25th pick, defensive tackle Jerzan Newton. We got, at the 41st pick, safety Tyler Newbin. Absolutely love it. Cornerback Kalen King out of Penn State at number 58. Number 88, we got Cedric Von Prahn, center out of Georgia. Uh, number 91, we got Junior Colson, linebacker out of Michigan. That's a great pick, in my opinion. 126, Ben Sanat, tied in out of Kansas State. Uh, 167, cornerback Elijah Jones out of Boston College. 203, we got Trey Taylor, safety out of Air Force. 215, Dwight McLaughlin, cornerback out of Arkansas. And then uh, 242, Dominique Hampton, safety out of Washington. And then with the final pick for the Packers at pick 250, we took guard Dylan McMahon. I like that draft, man. I think that's a good one. As far as filling the needs – Go ahead and get this off the screen here. As far as filling the needs, um, thank you for working the chat there for me too, Tim. You pull up anything you need to, man. Here's what we came away with this time, man. We crushed it. We we got three of the four safeties we needed. We got three of the four corners we needed. We got two mm-hmm. of the three offensive linemen we needed. We got our defensive lineman that could potentially be a starter in Jerzan Newton. I believe we took Newton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got we got one of our linebackers, possibly our starting stack backer. Most likely the wheel backer in our fourth, our new four three defense. Uh, we got our tight end, our our, you know, our basically our fourth tight end on the roster, but he's probably going to project as the third best tight end on the on the roster ahead of Ben Sims. Real quick, and, Jake Jake Shavink really said uh, I was concerned about his uh, blocking, and so his, so Jake has uh, has the uh, the grades here: seventy six point one run block, seventy two point eight pass blocking grade for Sanat. So, yep, we'll take him. Feel good about that. Thanks, thanks for the info, Jake. That's awesome. Priceless. The fact that the scouting report was saying he could play a little slot for you and he's kind of that underneath possession tight end and Jake pointing out he can block. What ben can he Sinat, do? Ben a name that keeps popping up in these mock drafts. So just Feel good about block, that. Team. He, he awesome. can block. That's all I got to say. My hey, man. Just, That's what I like this. He can block. <laughs> Put him in the H-back. <laughs> all right, we're out of here, dude. We went way over. Hour and 16, rapid fire mock draft. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Oh. 
man, we got to do a lot of stuff tonight. This was awesome. We we covered all kinds of videos. I don't think the stream went down one time. That's great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, y'all can have the dollar seventy monetization. I love this too. Picked him up 250, 700 snaps, left guard, center, right guard in his career. Versatile. That Bro, sounds like a Packers guy right there. We, that's what we were saying when we picked him, Jake. That's exactly what we had on our schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe it. No running back. I don't think we need it. Really. Firing from the hip. We got Aaron Jones, AJ coming back. We got. Hey, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. We'll we'll roll with Jones, Dylan, and Emmanuel Wilson. We didn't. In a pinch, sorry, you got we me. didn't take Braylon Allen. Everybody. In a pinch, Daniel Willen can play tailback. There you go. I don't want to hear anything about it. Right? So somebody's going to cut that and go listen to this idiot. He what do you mean? Snot's going to be our our extra running back, right? <laughs> Well, Peter Stone says, thanks for the mock, guys. Another in the morning. God, you guys are mock draft. I know. That's Nut jobs, mean. man. Yeah, we probably will do another one in the morning, matter of fact. So appreciate you guys for hanging out with us, Tim. Thanks for working the chat for me, man. Um, we're going to get out of here. Again, the winners of the autograph rookie, Jaden Reed card, Gaylord, G-A-Y-L-O-R-D. You are the winner. Email me, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. As soon as possible, we'll get it verified and get that card sent to you. If he doesn't come forward, he or she doesn't come forward, then Ryan Okray is the second-place winner. Then Noah P. is the third-place winner. So reach out to me whether you were the first, second, or third place in case those other guys and gals don't come forward and uh, collect their prize. You'll get it in line as soon as that that time kind of expires there. Probably five to seven days, we'll go ahead and pull the trigger. So. That being said, got a lot of Favre talk in tonight. Got to relive the comeback victory there in 92. Got to see him break a, a beer glass in a pub, throwing, throwing at a state trooper. Where, where are the pod you going to get this stuff on, guys? Right. You think God never farted? I'd say you probably did. That's when he realized he only needed one strap to hold the helmet on, not two. It's a lot easier to rip it off with one. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, as always, Parting your boss. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. That's, that's all. That's all right, we're out of here. We'll see you all in the morning for Good Morning Lambo. Everybody have a great night. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, Pack, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out. He cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. 